Testing, testing, mic check. It is 12.25 a.m. It's late. I probably got like half an hour on here. This is my second live of the day. Let's see if anybody's available who pops up. Uh, maybe my uh, my friend will pop up. <laughs> oh, man, people are so weird online. <coughs> Freaking tired work today. Um, damn, hold on. Let me make an adjustment. Got an outing tomorrow. My aunt's coming up. Supposed to chill by the water. Get some uh, some meat to barbecue. Should be good. Should be good. It's supposed to be uh, my aunt coming up and my uncle. And uh, was going to be with my uh, my girl. But uh, uncle backed out. So uh, I guess he's just going to be my aunt. Which is cool. Which is cool. I love my aunt. I grew up with her. It's going to be real good to spend time with her and stuff like that. Enjoy the day. The weather's supposed to be good. It's not supposed to be too hot. Um, at least I don't think it is. <clears throat> Freaking um, pollen, dust, allergies kicking my ass today. So yeah, we had some comedy in the last life. I, I don't. I'm not gonna entertain it again, to be honest with you, because it's a waste of time. I can't be going back and forth with um these phantom um anonymous people online. <clears throat> They got something to say or don't believe you for what you say. <clears throat> you know, it's 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 going to be endless. I can't sit here and, and battle with every like online, you know, uh, hidden weirdo. But it's funny. It's funny. So I get called out for some stuff. Oh, I've never trained a day in my life. I got zero background, all this stuff. But, you know, yet when I post media, start putting stuff up, crickets. Homeboy just like disappears, but something tells me that wouldn't be good enough. I gotta, I gotta put up uh, some hitting some mitts, some heavy bag work, which I've put up other stuff before. But like I said, with these type of people, like nothing's ever good enough, you know. So anyway, <clears throat> let's see who pops up. <sighs> Trying to bump up my water intake. I just started taking creatine again. Um, it's really the only stuff I've ever taken. <clears throat> weight, whey protein, regular multivitamins, stuff like that. I take L-arginine. It's for like circulation. Um, I think it stimulates like muscle growth and stuff, but it's more for like blood flow and, and uh, circulation. It's also good for your heart, so I don't mind taking it. Um, <clears throat> creatine I've been taking for years, like on and off. I get off of it for a bit. I guess you're supposed to. You're not supposed to be on that crap forever, but because um, I guess it's, it could possibly cause like kidney damage. But like I said, I've been taking it for years uh, off and on. And uh, as far as I know, I'm healthy. Thank God. <clears throat> it's one of the few things that works. There's there's this new supplement out. It's called uh, Tongat. I think it's called Tong, Tongat Ali or something like that. Let me just look that up to be sure. It's supposed to be like a natural testosterone booster. Um, there's another one too. Let me see something. They talked about it on the Joe Rogan. <laughs> it's supposed to be healthy. There's two of them. Let me let me look up the other one. Hold on. One of them is one of them is kind of like suspect. Oh, here it is. So one of them is called Tonkat Ali, and the other one is Fedogia. Agrestis, Agrestis, instead of the, the Fredoja one, 
it's supposed to be like a herb. I think like a Nigerian herb. And that's like a natural testosterone booster. But I guess there were like trials and studies on mice or rats. And it did like uh, liver damage on them or something like that. But also the dosages that they were giving them was like way more than you would give to like a regular, like a human. Like as far as like um, based on their size in comparison. So... It's kind of like a suspect study. Also, they're rodents. <clears throat> you know, they're not people. But the other one's supposed to be safer. Uh, don't quote me on this. You got to do your own research. But the Tonkat Ali um, also is a herb, if I'm not mistaken on that. And it's supposed to be like a natural testosterone booster, which is kind of cool. I think there's um a lot more studies on that one. But um, readily available, re- readily available, um... It's um, a lot of reviews on it and whatnot, so I don't know. <coughs> we got uh, some guy, Steve. What's up, Steve? Steve says, uh, who you got between Demir Ismagulov and Armin Sarukian? Hypothetically matchup that isn't confirmed. Well, to be honest with you, Steve, I'm not really that familiar with Demir unless if I don't remember his name. Um, I got to get back to you on that one. Um, I imagine he's not a Bellator guy, right? He's a UFC fighter. I know Armin Sarukian's a beast. Armin Sarukian, dude, like, man, I remember when he fought um, Islam Makachev like a couple of years ago. I think it was like two or three years ago. That was such a back and forth battle. That that was like one of the fights that really showed you how good uh, uh, Armin Sarukian is. <clears throat> I would like to rewatch that fight, actually. I, I forgot how close it was. I think it was pretty close. Like, it could have went to Armin Sarukian, and I don't think people would have been mad about it. Steve uh, Steve says he fought Guram recently and beat him. <clears throat> was that the last event, Steve? Let me see. <coughs> Let me see. Hold on one sec, Steve. Let me just look him up. Uh, yep, I've seen him before. He's number 15 in the UFC lightweight rankings. Okay, M1 Global. Okay, he was the M1 Global lightweight champ. Interesting. So, without even really looking into his background, um, all right, I mean, I figured this. It says he's a master of sports in Army hand-to-hand combat. I imagine he has some experience in Sambo because that's big in the Russian uh, fight community or whatever. Um, Cool. He's from Kazakhstan. 510 a uh, 510 lightweight okay i got to i got to do my research on him man i have to you know uh do my homework on him but what's his record uh 24 wins one loss all right that's a it's a pretty great record he got 12 knockout wins 11 decisions <clears throat> what do you think about gamrot dude we got Cayman. what's up Cayman? <coughs> we got josh in the room josh Josh says, uh, what's up, Josh? Yo, do you think Nate Diaz should have waited in the McGregor trilogy? And do you think it is more winnable matchup for him? Um, I think <clears throat> we were talking up we were talking about that before, Josh. And um, I think a more fitting fight for Nate. Like if like if it's his last UFC fight, <clears throat> I think for him, for everything he's done for the for the sport in the UFC. I think Connor would have been a better send-off fight because, yes, I do think it's more winnable, you know? I think it's more winnable for him, and of course, it's like a giant payday. 
So I would have personally liked that fight better for Nate. Um, I think Hamzat's a terrible fight for him. And it's not only me saying it. I said it from the jump. But I think most of the MMA community kind of understands that um, it's a bad fight for him. You know, it's like, damn, you don't, you know, Nate's like in his, what, late 30s? It's like, you don't give him a young killer like Hamzat that's on the come up, you know? Nate's on the downslide. So... I don't know. I'm not going to say the fight's not winnable for him because we've seen crazy stuff happen in MMA, but it's just, it's just kind of like unlikely that he wins <clears throat> from just like a physicality standpoint, youth, um, Hamza's taken less damage in his career thus far. Nate's been in a lot of wars, uh, skill set wise. I feel like Hamzat has the tools to like neutralize what Nate could do. It's just a bad fight for him. It's just a bad fight for Nate. Cayman says, I'm afraid Amanda Nunez is going to win by laying prey because Amanda Nunez knows that Pena is not afraid of staying and bang with her. So because of that, Amanda just going to try to get that win. <clears throat> I'm not sure, Cayman. I'm not sure if that's a good game plan for her either because um, I think um, wrestling and grappling is going to sap her energy more, sap her gas tank more. Um, it's funny because I was like really confident that Nunes is going to crush Pena in the rematch. I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm not really super confident like that anymore. <coughs> I still think Nunes wins, but I think, I mean, if you look at Nun um, Pena on the scale, she looks in incredible shape. I don't think I've ever seen Juliana Pena look like that. Like she's like diced, com completely ripped in great shape. She looks in better shape than Nunez. Nunez slimmed down. And I think the first fight, I think she was a little bit more trim due to like um, getting sick. <clears throat> you know, she had the vid and um, she said that, you know, affected her training, her, her, her uh, stamina, her cardio. <clears throat> um, she just had a bad training camp overall. And initially I thought that she, she trimmed down for cardio reasons in the first fight. But I just think she just wasn't well. She wasn't 100%. <clears throat> this one, she may have trimmed down or stood smaller for cardio purposes. But I don't know. I don't know. It's like, my thing is like, don't change what got you to the dance. You know, like Nunez is known for like big power. She gets chicks out of there early. So, you know, trying to change her. Um, I understand like adapting to someone else's game plan and style, but. You know, arguably, like, Pena's going to be stronger than her. Maybe not in the striking, but she might be stronger than uh, Nunez. We got Brandon in the room. What's up, Brandon? Hey, some of you guys missed the last live. It was it was comical. Like, this guy, like, <coughs> quick story, and I really shouldn't talk about it, but it did annoy me because it, you know, it's insulting to my integrity. You know, some of you guys have been following the channel for years now, and you guys know that I'm the most humble dude um if i pick a fight right i rarely you know oh oh i'm the man i picked this right like that this doesn't happen i don't do that <clears throat> i have these discussions with you guys and i do have a background in mixed martial arts but i'm not like an elitist you know some of you guys teach me stuff some of you guys have more experience than me and um you know when i'm wrong i get on here and admit i'm wrong you know, I, I do it. You guys seen it. I'm like, man, I already picked that one wrong. Joke's on me. Like, you know, like, but you in, in mixed martial arts, if you pick 50% fights correct, you're probably doing all right. 
So that's just the name of the game. There's like a million vari- variables to win or lose. So long story short, <coughs> for those of you guys who missed it, there was this dude that I was going back and forth about uh, concerning the Strickland-Pereira fight. And I had picked Strickland to win. I thought Strickland's really effective jab was going to do work on Pereira. It's You know, it's not a kickboxing match. It's a mixed martial arts fight. Like, Strickland has way more experience. Um, I would think that Strickland's the better grappler by what everybody's seeing and what I've seen. You know, Pereira's super green. But Pereira cracked him. Pereira cracked him uh, based on Pereira just being nasty and Strickland being a little bit too loosey-goosey with his defense. So he got caught. Me and this guy, he starts getting on me over the Strickland fight. He starts saying, like, I have no experience. Anybody that has ever trained or put gloves on could tell that that I never trained a day in my life. And it's comical because he could be so, he's so wrong, it's, like, funny. So it's, like, what it says about him. So, like, I'm laughing it off on whatever, you know, whatever, but... In essence, the guy's calling me a liar. That really irritates me because I'm very forthcoming. I'm transparent. I don't hype or inflate anything about myself. You know, what you see is what you get. And, um, you know, it's insulting to my character. So this dude, you know, he irked me. I'm not even going to lie. <coughs> it's not going to happen again. <clears throat> but he starts telling me, put put up media. Uh, put up you hitting a heavy bag. Put up you hitting mitts. And it's like, for what? For what? To prove what to who? To you? But I do put up media and then crickets. Crickets. The dude just disappears. He's... And also, he claims that I block him. That I blocked him. For like... For like no reason. It's like, that's not true. If if, if you're the guy who I think you are, you made a separate account just to get back on here and talk shit. First of all, like, that's some loser stuff right there. Um, Secondly, I only get rid of like super toxic people, racism, racist people, stuff like that. Opinions don't care about. I don't, I don't, I don't care about being wrong. I don't care about debates and going back. I would never block somebody for that. That's just not me. I've never done that. So if you're acting like a douchebag being toxic, yeah, yeah, you're gone. <clears throat> I do that for myself. I do it for everybody in the, in the community. Nobody wants to see that. Anyway, rant, rant. <clears throat> I'm not going to touch on it anymore. We'll see if this dude pops up. I'm just going to ignore him. It's kind of comical, but I did put up some media. I could dig up some more. There's there's more deeper stuff, but I don't want to put myself all out there like that. For what? Um, Let me see. Going through the comments. So, Brandon, what's good, my dude? What's up, brother? Steve says, whoever wins in Nunez versus Pena should fight Shevchenko next. (coughs) That'd be pretty sick. Shevchenko fights at flyweight, right? 125, she would have to move up again to bantamweight. But I think I think Valentina stated that she's not really interested in um, moving up to challenge Nunez again. You know? Um, I, I got to rewatch that fight between uh, Shevchenko and um, Nunez. You know? I think they fought twice. And... Um, the second fight it was supposed to be really close. Uh, Josh says Slam Fam is probably just a troll, bro. Yeah, man, it is. It is. It's either a troll or somebody like just misinformed. And I'm a super laid back, cool, humble dude, man. I mean, obviously this guy doesn't know me. He doesn't follow the channel. 
And I'm like, dude, I picked pl- plenty of fights correctly, like to a T, but I never, I don't pat myself on the back because I pick fights wrong also, like anybody else. That's, that's just how it is. Like, but to, but to talk crap and like, oh, I never trained. I don't have a background. Well, that's not true. <laughs> well, that's not true. I gotta, I gotta speak up and defend myself there. And I did put up some media, you know, so we'll see if this dude pops up again. Cause it's kind of comical. Brandon says, oh yeah. Wow. I missed out. Yeah, man, you missed out. It was on the last one. It's on 139, but I let I let him have it intelligently. I didn't get belligerent. I didn't get out of pocket or crazy. I just started breaking some stuff down. Like he said, um, oh, you you said that Strickland was just gonna beat Pereira with just the jab, and it's like you're kind of mischaracterizing what I said. I said like what encompasses MMA, his whole game. Like how many people has Dan Henderson knocked out? competent strikers with just a right hand um Derek Lewis how many people had didn't Derek Lewis knock out Volkov who's a more skilled uh striker Derek Lewis or Volkov like it's you know it's not a kickboxing match there's plenty of instances where like a guy that's technically technically less skilled striking beats a competent striker and striking because of like maybe grappling wrestling come on we've all seen this for years must be new to the sport. Uh, some guy, Steve, says, uh, I caught the end of that. I was surprised. <coughs> yeah, man, it's just silly, Steve. Um, you know, rarely I let people like that bother me. But, you know, I got pride, man. And it's like I'm not a liar, man. I don't I'm I'm, I'm a real person, you know. Um, I try to be honest as possible, like at all times. You know, you guys ask me stuff. I answer honestly. I don't inflate anything. You know, what you see is what you get. So when somebody calls, you know, calling me a liar, yeah, it it pisses me off. But I guess, you know, that's the internet, guys. I mean, there's a lot of people that um, lie about stuff online. You know, a lot of fictitious accounts and, and, and phantom accounts and people trolling. And so I guess, you know, it's, I guess it's, you know. It's common not to believe people what they say or who they are on, you know, who they portray themselves to be on the Internet because so many people BS. But I'm not that dude. Josh says, um, yeah, I agree. The way Habib called McGregor with the punch part of what was that was because of the Habib's takedowns and ground pound. Yeah, man, that's what I mean. Like, and I don't remember exactly what I said word for word with Strickland versus Pereira. But I but I know I touched on Strickland's great jab and other aspects of his game and how there's been other instances and fights where guys were kind of simplistic one twos and jabs like beat more competent strikers it's happened i mean you guys have seen it and josh has brought up a, a perfect example um habib catching mcgregor i mean nobody would say that habib's a better striker than connor but he caught him with a great punch you know what if strickland would have caught Pereira with that punch could have knocked him out <coughs> Brandon says, yeah, I wouldn't pay him much mind, but I understand uh, why that upset you. Yeah, man. It's like nobody likes to be called a liar, man. You know, it's it's very insulting, but I'm going to let it go. Um, My buddy, Justin, we were talking about it and um, I was talking to somebody else and, <clears throat> you know, that's just going to happen. You know, the channel's kind of small, but if the channel grows bigger, I guess I'm going to have to deal with that occasionally, you know, like people trolling and people, you know, um, saying stupid stuff. I can't really like feed into, you know, what everybody says. 
I just got to focus on, um, you know, the cool people like you guys. <clears throat> Brandon says, have you heard of Cedric Dumbay? Yes, I have. Oh, yeah, I follow him. He was a number one ranked kickboxing champion. He's making his UFC debut soon at 170. Exciting stuff. He's a beast, bro. He's a beast, Brandon. I like him a lot. I think um, he's a humble dude. Um, he's a he's a you know good work ethic and he's a killer striker. I I really like him. I hope uh, and I've been watching some of his training footage. You know he's doing the right things. He's working on his takedown defense, on his grappling. I I hope he makes waves. That'll be amazing. <clears throat> Josh says I really like this small community. It makes you feel like you're welcome. I'm glad, Josh. I'm glad. And you know what's cool about this channel and the group that we got is like you guys all. You know, you never, I don't think you guys met in person, but you all, all of you guys kind of know each other by like your handles. Like you see the name, like, you know, some guy, uh, Steve, you see Josh, you see Cayman, you see Brandon, um, you see Torin, like we're all familiar with each other and it's all fun debates is respectful. Like we definitely got a good vibe at the channel and, um, I would like to keep it that way, but I can't control everything. And if the channel grows like big, big one day, I'm going to have all walks of life on here, but, uh, I'll do my best to keep on interacting, you know, and just kind of ignore the, the morons. Cayman says, uh, Cedric Dumbay is going to lose, <coughs> lose at the top. If I'm being super frank, because welterweight is the last place to be a pure striker. Uh, Josh is another person I remember is Wolf. Yeah, Wolf. <coughs> I haven't seen Hawkeye in forever. Hawkeye was my guy on here. Like he um he um he disappeared. I hope he's well. Um who else? Who else? Jesus from America is still around. He just got a different handle. That's my buddy Jesus. Um <laughs> who else we got? Um <clears throat> We had a few people. We had uh, Kean. Remember that young kid, Kean? He would he would pop up every now and then. He kind of disappeared. <coughs> Taylor the Tate pops up every now and then. We got Blue Wolf. What's up, Blue? Uh, every now and then, uh, Tim from the Fight Dialogue pops in. You guys see uh, Keenan from Keenan TV, uh, KTV. Who else? Who's a, who's another uh, regular? I'm trying to think. Blue says, I am the wolf. You're the wolf, my man. You are the wolf, brother. Let me see. <clears throat> so Steve says, where does Strickland go from here after the loss? <clears throat> That's a good question, Steve. I got to look at the rankings. But the good thing going for Strickland is that I don't think he takes himself too serious. And, um, you know, he looks like the type of guy that he'll just shrug off a knockout. You know, he he seemed he seems like he handled it well. There's some fighters that they suffer like a really bad knockout and it haunts them. You know, it haunts them and they can't get over it. They lose confidence. They feel like they're going to get knocked out again. I'm trying to think of a of a good example of somebody that that got cracked and you could clearly tell that it was like a confidence thing. But um yeah, that happens a lot. That happens a lot. You know, when you get um Especially when you get knocked out out of the blue because you don't even know what happened, you know? So, um, you're all fearful of it happening again. <clears throat> so, but Strickland just doesn't seem like that type. So I think mentally he's going to be all right. He's just going to get in there and just bang it out with somebody else. 
he was calling out Derek Brunson. You know, um, I don't know where Derek Brunson is in the rankings. Let me look up Brunson right now, but I don't think that's a bad fight. Strickland versus Derek Brunson, and I think it's a it's a pretty even matchup too. Strickland's still young. He's only 31 years old, too. He could definitely make some waves. So right now, Strickland is number seven. <clears throat> Let me see. UFC <coughs> middleweight rankings. Bear with me, guys. One second. Bear with me. Uh, okay, middleweight. So Derek Brunson is number four, and Strickland is number seven. Cost is fighting... Isn't Costa fighting um Luke Rockhold? What the hell is Luke Rockhold in the rankings? Oh, no, no, no. Wait a second. I'm so confused by what's going on. I could have swore that Costa's fighting Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold's not even ranked. Interesting. They completely took him out the rankings. But I guess that makes sense because he's been off for a while. But all right, so that makes sense. So Whitaker, uh, Jared Kennedy just had his shot. He lost. Marvin Vittori's floating around. Derek Brunson's number four. Vittori's three. Cost is five, but he's tied up fighting um, Luke Rockhold. Pereira just beat Strickland. I mean, you can do... Strickland fought Hermanson and beat him already, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I guess Strickland versus Brunson kind of makes sense. That's a good fight. Blue says, good, bro. Good, good, man. <clears throat> Oh, Josh says, ha ha, he slammed. He said, I am the wolf because I said I haven't seen him and I remember him. What's up, wolf? Oh, okay, okay, duh. Sorry, guys, it's late, it's late. <clears throat> Blue says, um, Nate Diaz, if he's training good for me, he can be Hamzat. I think, I mean, he's got a shot to win. I wouldn't give him a zero, zero percent chance, uh, Blue, that's for sure. You never know. You never know. Look what he did to Leon Edwards. He stunned him so bad at the end of that fight. If he would have stepped on the gas, maybe he would have beat him. Steve says, I saw Weasel's video on Cedric. Shout out Weasel. uh, Big channel. uh, Really happy for him. He does great videos. And I found it quite insane that he basically trained himself to become number one kickboxer. He will learn fast in MMA from what I've seen. His takedown defense is good. Yeah, it's crazy, Steve. Some people are freaks like that. Um, I kind of started like that, you know, learning from um, actually like watching fights and stuff like that before like I technically stepped into a gym and um, watching Boss Rutan's tutorials and stuff like that. Um, if you're talking about like professionals that made it to a high level teaching themselves, um, Evan Tanner. You know, old school legend, became UFC champ. Rich Franklin trained himself for like a long time. Um, Rich was training like in a shed or something in a backyard. Just off of like tapes and stuff like that for the longest. Uh, who else? Um, damn, there was somebody. Oh, Sean O'Malley. <clears throat> Sean O'Malley, like his his fancy striking, his spinning back kicks, his, you know, his 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 overall striking game he kind of just like emulated people you know that's how he started like because he was talking to somebody it it may have been joe rogan and they're like who taught you how to do like spinning back kicks and you know um hook kicks and and he's like myself he's like he just taught himself you know i'm sure that's not the case right now he's actually working with good people but you know it's um knowledge is not it's like like if you guys go on youtube right now and you you 
uh, type in a search bar how to perform an arm bar, <clears throat> you know? Um, okay, so like here's another thing. I don't even want to keep touching on this, but how many lives do I do that I answer techniques on the fly? I'll tell you about striking, defense, offense, um, aspects of grappling. Like, for example, like an armbar. I can tell you right now. Um, you got to pinch the arm at your legs and for the armbar to be effective, have the thumb facing the sky or the ceiling when you grab the wrist. That's how you get a tight arm lock. I mean, I could do this all day. This is because I lived it. I trained it you know, for like years. I'm not saying that I'm like Damian Maya on the mat, but I know a thing or two about grappling and striking and overall MMA. So it's just like, it's so stupid, man. Anyway, I wouldn't be put, I wouldn't get on lies and be put on the spot if I didn't have any kind of knowledge. It's just so, so stupid. But anyway, all right, continuing, continuing. <clears throat> Cayman says, Doombay's takedown defense is going to be good against non-wrestlers. Welterweight has the most elite wrestlers. It's not just, uh, it's not just wrestlers. The best wrestlers are welterweight. Mm. Brandon says Cedric needs to put in the same amount of time into training wrestling. If he, ha if he wants to do well at 170. Yeah. You know what approach he can have <clears throat> guys? Um, he can kind of have the, the chocolate dull approach where, I mean, but granted Chuck did have a wrestling background. I think, um, I don't know if he was division one or I think he was division two. I'm not sure, but, um, Chuck definitely has a collegiate wrestling background. So that helped him. But Chuck's style was like, he wasn't trying to be the best grappler. He wasn't trying to be the best BJJ player. He wasn't trying to be the best wrestler. He just wanted to have sick takedown defense, be a pain in the butt to take down and pop back up when he gets taken down. That was like Chuck's goal. Because the longer that it stood on the feet, the the higher the odds that he was going to knock you out. Because he was an elite, dangerous striker. So if Cedric Dumbay doesn't overthink it, and this is me saying this, I'm you know, I'm not a world class trainer or coach, but keep it simple, stick to the basics, develop good takedown defense, really solid takedown defense, focus on that, and getting back up to the feet, you know. That's that's what he should be focusing on. And as and as his career goes along, of course he's gonna develop more skills, but you can't like bombard somebody, you know? <clears throat> Especially like somebody that doesn't have a grappling background. There's so much to learn, you know, that you can overwhelm them. <coughs> Brandon says, Don't uh, though man, even at lightweight, there's some tough grapplers for Cedric to handle, like Islam and Gamrot. Yeah, Gamrot's a beast too. Gamrot really impressed me in that last fight. He fought against Sarukian, right? Gamrot's a dog. He's a he's a very good grappler. He's strong too. Kamen says he's not going to be able to catch up. Oh, Dumbay, yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing though, Kamen. Like, I don't think he should even try to catch up. He just needs to work on being a pain in the butt to take down as much as possible. And uh popping back up, you know, for now. Just just drill, drill, sprawls. Drill take down the fence. Um, understand what they're going to try to go for to take you down. They're going to try to control your hips. You know, uh, you got to look out for those trips. You got to look out for guys hurting you against the cage. Using the cage as leverage and a weapon to take you down. I mean, there's a lot to learn as it is with take down the fence and popping back up. You know? Cayman says it's also just a cycle too. He's got to get used to like getting back up but getting taken back down. 
the cycle Kobe puts people in, he's going to get used. He's got to get used to that type of cardio. Yeah, that's 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 some truth right there. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, especially against, you know, look at look at Kobe's uh, mentality, but in the opposite way uh, off offensively. Kobe's mentality is like he doesn't get get discouraged when he when he doesn't score a takedown. You know? He doesn't. He just figures I'm going to I'm going to shoot 20 times on you and um the 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 20th time I'm going to get you. You know? And um if you pop back up I'm going to take you down again. That's Kobe's mentality. He's spoken on it. He doesn't get discouraged. He doesn't care how he looks. His confidence doesn't you know, um, doesn't decrease. He just keeps spamming takedowns on you and he just wears you out. So it's like a long game thing. It's like, you know, it's not the, it's not the, just the battle. It's like the war. You want to win the war. <clears throat> so with Cedric Dumbay defensively, they definitely got to beat it into his head. Like, don't get discouraged. If you get taken down, just keep popping back up. You can't give up. You may have to get back up a million times in the fight. If that's what you have to do to score the knockout in the last 30 seconds, that's what you got to do. You know, and I think that is a mistake that a lot of more pure strikers go through. They get totally discouraged. Like, we've seen it happen to Derek Lewis, actually. Derek Lewis, he get he does well. He's gotten taken down. He gets back up. But in some of his fights, um, you know, he's gotten taken down and it kind of looks like he just like folds and just accepts being taken down. It's like, you know, it's almost like, what's the point? Why am I fighting this? And in the DC fight, I believe it was like that. But you have to have that mental toughness, you know, and it's true. Like there's striking cardio and there's grappling cardio. And anyone who trained like the Amber, I think that guy's name was like Amber's dead puppy oreo some weird name anyone who's trained like knows this that there's striking cardio and there's grappling cardio and it's it's a there's like a separation you have to get acclimated acclimated to both types of conditioning and cardio because just because you can strike all day and your shoulders are conditioned um doesn't mean you can grapple all day like Mayweather gassed out Connor in boxing, and part of that was because you know Mayweather's just like he's one of the goats in boxing. He's super efficient at his craft. That's not Connor's world, so that helped him. <laughs> but but Mayweather could strike. You know he could do that all day. But if you have Floyd Mayweather grapple with Connor for like a minute or two, he's dead. He he he's dead in the water from like a cardio and conditioning aspect. You know, unless he really, really works on that, it, you know, I'll tell you a story. Like even with me, like there's been big gaps where I, where I didn't go to the gym and train. And this is another bit of inside information. And those of you guys who've grappled know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, when you, when you don't train for a bit and you step back into the gym, it takes about two weeks for your freaking quarter strengthen. Your abs are going to be killing you. They're going to be killing you from being on your back, throwing up triangles, uh, trying to sweep people, trying to go for arm bars, just the grappling in general, like your back, like all these little muscles in your back that you don't really use from the pushing and pulling. You're going to get so sore. Um, also, your tendons, like your the tendons in your elbows, your joints, you're in so much pain for like a good two weeks. At least I know I was. Every time I took a break and went back, it took me about two weeks for my body to acclimate as far as like my tendons. 
very painful. But once you pass that period, your body gets used to it and you're fine. <clears throat> but um, it takes a while. It takes it takes a while. So like a guy like Mayweather, yeah, he would just get he would just get brutalized. Not even from like a technique standpoint, just just the conditioning aspect. He just would not be used to that. Came and says, yeah, I was sparring with my college wrestling buddy uh, for wrestling training. My friend was completely fine. I was gas. <coughs> like one time, one time I was able to get back up, but I was gas. Steve says, grappling tires you out so much. Yes, 100%, bro. I wrestled for good uh, counsel and got to grapple Kyle Snyder, Olympic gold medalist, and he destroyed me. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, that's happened to me. I've never wrestled with a gold medalist, Steve. I'm not that deep of a wrestler to begin with. Um, but um, I definitely went with people like way better than me, like striking and grappling, and I got my ass kicked. And it's super humbling. I think it makes you makes you a better person, you know, on multiple levels. Like you 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 learn humility. You under you understand what people could do out there to you, you know, as you develop your skills. Um, and it's it, like mental strength too, you know, to come to to keep coming back and getting your butt kicked to get better. I think there's there's like something to that. Like it applies to life. It's very useful. But um, back to the grappling. Grappling is like I find grappling way more tiring than um, than striking. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Like striking, your shoulders get burnt out. You know, you're. I'm not gonna say you don't gas out and get tired. Of course you do. But I feel like you can. I don't know. Like I feel like with striking, you could bide your time a little bit better. Um, when somebody's kind of putting it on you and grappling, and you're trying to survive, you're trying not to get tapped out. You're trying to get up off the mat. Like, it's so exhausting. Steve says, uh, Kyle went to good council for high school and he came by for a practice and I asked to wrestle him and he kept taking me down and letting me up. That's crazy, man. Yeah, some people are just like on next level. It's nuts. Brandon says, there's a reason wrestlers in MMA tend to have the best cardio. I did wrestling and man, it pushes you to your limit. 100% Brandon. I wrestled for a season in high school, just a season. That's my experience level. <coughs> and um, it was at that time, even compared to like MMA training, like MMA training I did for way longer, way longer. Um, but in comparison, the cardio and conditioning that I did in wrestling in high school compared to like the cardio conditioning and in, in, um, MMA is really comparable. Like I trained for two fights and the overall cardio conditioning for regular, um, you know, days you go into the gym. Like I would go on, like, I would go on like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. <coughs> and before we did anything, we did MMA cardio and conditioning. Um, all kinds of stuff like interval training stuff to warm up and calisthenics. And then you do the grappling and, and, and sparring. And um, the reasoning behind that was because <clears throat> like our coach had us train tired because it kind of like developed mental toughness. Um, you have to, um, you know, the mentality was like it was more beneficial to you to to use technique more when you're exhausted and tired and not like try to brood everything because your gas tank is low. Um, so that was the kind of philosophy behind it. Um, you could also get injured too, but, but where was I going? Oh yeah. So anyway, so like regular training was brutal, <laughs> brutal, but 
fight training, which which I'm glad that I got this experience. I trained for two fights. You you call them quote fight camps. <coughs> I did round robin, shark tanks, all that stuff. I would run around outside with a hydrant around my neck, dragging it on the ground, um, hammer on tires, um, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, craziest cardio I ever experienced in my life. I've always been in fitness my whole life, from di- all kinds of different things. And I never vomited. I never puked up until I trained for a couple of matches. Brutal, brutal. Kamen says, I remember TJ Dillashaw saying he likes MMA more than wrestling. <coughs> That's funny. Like, he goes, I think he was talking about wrestling was more cardio demanding or something. Yeah, wrestling is crazy. Jerk says, neon belly from bottom, side control, freaking suck slam, feels like I'm drowning, tap seconds later. <clears throat> yeah, that's bad, man. It's pretty bad. Um, Just when a guy has just like a crazy, you know, crushing top game in general. Um, But the neon belly is brutal. <laughs> The good thing with Neon Belly, like, you have space so you can kind of, like, form a scramble from that. From the bottom, you could kind of make something happen. But um, how about this? How about when somebody has your back and they're trying to go for, like, a rear naked choke and they're riding you from behind and they're tugging on you. They have you, like, clamped up, like, with a body lock and they're pulling on you, like, what you know, from your upper body back and they're pushing their hips into your lower back. It's freaking brutal. Like you feel like your back is going to break, you know, that let alone when they have a body triangle, body triangle on you from behind. That one's bad too. Kills your cardio. MP says, what's up MP? Yeah. Wrestlers have an advantage over strikers unless they're fighting a heavyweight in Gano. <coughs> yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Um, I firmly believe this. I, I'm sure some people disagree, but the sport has show, shown us this. Street fights have shown us this. Um, there's plenty of data and evidence to back this up. And I noticed from my experience, grap like if you take like more of a pure grappler, like a BJJ guy or wrestler versus more of a pure striker, whether it's kickboxing or boxing, eight to nine times out of 10, I'll put my money on that grappler. That's hunt. 100% I believe that. 8 to 9 times out of 10 I will put the money on the grappler. If you're if you're talking like pure versus pure. If you're if a guy's a good wrestler, once like it's way harder to land a knockout shot on somebody's jaw than it is to just cover up, you know, close the distance and get a hold of somebody whether you're getting a body lock, whether you're you're tripping them, whether you're snatching up, you know, ankle picking them, grabbing a single leg, a double leg. It's way easier to take some take somebody down that doesn't know how to wrestle a grapple than it is for somebody to knock you out. So eight to nine times out of ten, that wrestler grappler is gonna beat that striker. You know, but it's a different thing. Once the striker starts developing takedown defense and skills of his own on the ground, they're a mixed martial artist now. Now it's a different thing. But, you know, proof is in the pudding. They've taken the technique and the skills from the person that would beat them, the wrestler. So they're they're borrowing wrestling techniques like proof is in the pudding, you know. <coughs> if you can't beat them, join them. You have to learn these techniques. Cayman says, dude, uh, getting back ridden is so annoying. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> Brandon says, also, I've noticed it seems like there's more guys in grappling backgrounds who develop high level striking as opposed to um, the other way around. 
You're right. You're right, Brandon. That's a hundred percent, dude. Um, I think it has to do with uh the core strength, you know. Um, at least as far as like the power transfer, like a lot of wrestlers and grapplers, like for some reason they they hit hard. I think it's the core strength. You're right, man. You're right. I have noticed that. Look at guys, look at um Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo's pretty formidable. I talked about Dan Henderson before. You know, Hendo didn't have like this diverse striking game, but he was very effective. He turned into a dangerous striker. <coughs> There's a, been a lot of guys like that, but you really haven't seen pure strikers become nasty grapplers. At least I can't think of anybody. Brandon says Curtis Blades has some dangerous striking, for instance. Yeah, man. Yeah. He's de- developed into a pretty uh, formidable striker. Kama says, obviously, Cannoneer trains wrestling, but I, but I, but I just remember that physical strength really causing Brunson issues. Yeah, man, he straight up manhandled Brunson. Like Brunson was, um, Brunson was hanging in there though. Like it was a good back and forth fight, but it got to a point where um, Jared just beasted him. You know, it, when he took Brunson down. And he just was smashing him with elbows. That crap, that was crazy. We got Eric. Eric says, uh, GSP was a striker that became a grappler. You're right. You're right. That's a great example. Good, good pick, Eric. Good pick. GSP, Kyokushin karate background, striking, but, you know, other, other techniques as well, but mostly striking. And, um, yeah. And you know what's crazy about GSP? He's arguably the greatest wrestler and MMA, I mean, there's other wrestlers too, but he's up there for like MMA wrestler and um, no wrestling background. He like learned on the job, just insanity, like freak athlete, quick learner. Um, yeah, no wrestling background and he would out wrestle wrestlers. But that's the thing. That's the point that I was trying to make earlier, like with the Strickland Pereira thing. That's why I thought Pere- Strickland was going to do better was his overall mixed martial arts game. You know, and he kind of just like, he fought a little stupidly against Pereira, to be honest with you. But the reason that GSP was so successful in wrestling is because it was an MMA. Because if it was a pure wrestling match against, let's say, Josh Koscheck, I don't know if GSP wins that in a pure wrestling match. That's Koscheck's background. But in mixed martial arts, GSP was taking him down. Jerk says, if you're out of shape starting grappling, BJJ wrestling, worst position is being on bottom, an opponent laying uh, high on solar plexus from mount or knee on solar plexus side control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you feel like you want to throw up. It's it's a terrible feeling. It's really bad. But all right, guys, um, I got to get off. I actually have to wake up really early tomorrow. I got that barbecue to go to with my aunt and um, should be fun. I'm really excited. But um, got on two lives today. I'm pretty stoked. Um, I like to connect with you guys. Um, this one went well. Had fun. You guys have a nice night or day. And uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one, all right? Um, as always, thanks for the support, guys. You guys are the best. Slam fam all day. And I'll catch you guys later, all right? Peace, guys. <laughs>